Good morning, everyone. And to everyone at home, thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Charlie. I'm the Ordinand here, or one of the Ordinands. Um, and it's great to be with you. I'm just going to pray as we uh, wait to hear God's word. Lord, um, give us ears to listen what you have to say to us. Challenge us and renew us, Lord, with your word. We thank you for the gift of your word. And we are here with open ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 17, 1 to 10. Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better if you, for you if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard. If another disciple sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith of the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending the sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have only done what we ought to have done. Have you ever heard of the term humble bragging? It is where someone wants to show people how good or rich or successful or moral they are but they try to disguise it so that they appear humble and to look like they're not boasting. I'll show you a few examples. Um, Joe, if you could put that up on the chat. Love is when your seven-year-old knocks your Woman of the Year award off the shelf and smashes it and you scoop him up and tell him it's fine because the work you did to get that award is still out there in the world and I don't need a big bronze eagle with my name on it when I have a drawer full of letters from readers whose lives I've changed. He's more distraught than I am, poor sausage. I'm sure we can all relate. And another one. Um, next slide, please. I saw a homeless man in front of Walmart, and I was only getting one thing because I didn't have much money. But instead, I bought a case of water and gave it to the man. I gave him the last of my money and walked away crying because I just felt God praising me for putting others before myself. <laughs> right. Thanks, Joe. We do this with our wealth, our looks, our opinions, our support for different causes. And social media is the prime place where this sort of um, thing happens, this humble bragging. It is where we can broadcast ourselves to others with what we want people to know us for. However, this can lead to a sort of false humility, trying to appear humble, 
but actually boasting. We are often focused on appearances rather than what lies beneath, projecting this incomplete picture of ourselves. But Jesus completely exposes this. In Matthew 23, verse 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. First clean the inside of the cup and the plate, so that the outside may also be clean. Jesus isn't interested in mere outward appearances that we project on the world, the way we try to portray ourselves to others, even if we appear humble or good by doing so. He cares about our inner transformation, which will inevitably impact our outer transformation. If you're ever worried about this, about becoming prideful, about presenting with false humility and want to be brought back down to earth, just read this passage we read this morning in Luke 17. When you have done all that you were ordered by God to do, say, we are worthless slaves, we have only done what we ought to have done. If you think you're all that, look no further than Jesus' words in this verse. Even though before he says, by your faith, you will lift up great trees and plant them in the, in the sea. He says, don't make that think you're better than anyone else. You're simply doing what you're here to do. That's it. I spent a year of my life in a community called Young Franciscans. And one of our aims was to be environmentally conscientious. One day, my housemate Alex came home from the pharmacy with a new plastic bag that contained his prescription. I was horrified. <laughs> How could you do this, I said. It's so terrible for the environment. I gave him a really hard time, listing the things I'd done for the environment, my involvement in Christian climate action, my donating to the World Wildlife Fund, and my caring for the colony of squirrels in our loft. He obviously was a bit shocked. Later that week, I was out getting shopping and realized I'd forgotten my spare bags. So sheepishly, I bought one, went home, dropped off the shopping, and feeling embarrassed, I apologized to Alex for being so unreasonable. Sometimes when we do something that seems noble, it's easy to think that we're somehow superior to others. But nothing we do is reason for thinking we're above anyone. False humility is common in social media, in the secular world, but it can take on a new character in the religious life in Christianity. As sometimes this sense of superiority, which we as Christians can fall into, believing we are morally superior to all those who are not part of a church or a particular con congregation or denomination. But Jesus tells us not to draw attention to our goods, the good deeds we do to him, not to draw attention to ourselves. One of the reasons for this is when we pay constant attention to our own good works, 
we can also constantly pay attention to the mistakes and mishaps of others. We can become hypersensitive to other people's failings, as in the plastic bag incident. There is a certain fear of judgment. We want to project a false, perfected images, image of ourselves to protect ourselves. And judging and taking others down is another way that we try and protect ourselves. It's as if neither of us or any of us can live up to the standards of perfection we expect of ourselves and others. If you've ever been on Twitter, you can see this all the time. For the early Christian monks, false humility is considered a great danger because of this precise reason. It makes you commit the sin of judging others too harshly. And there's a story um, from the monks in the desert of Sinai. A certain brother came to Abbot Silvanus at Mount Sinai, and seeing the hermits at work, he exclaimed, quoting Jesus, why do you work for bread that perishes? Mary has chosen the best part, namely to sit at the feet of the Lord without working. Then the abbot said to his disciple, Zachary, Give the brother a book and let them read, and put him in an empty cell. At the ninth hour, the brother who was reading began to look out to see if the abbot was not going to call him for dinner. And sometime after the ninth hour, he went himself to the abbot and said, Did the brothers eat today? Oh yes, certainly, said the abbot. They just had dinner. Well, said the brother, why did you not call me? The abbot replied, you are obviously a very spiritual man. You don't need this food that perishes. We have to work, but you have chosen the best part. You read all day and can get along without food. Hearing this, the brother said, forgive me. And the elder said, Martha is necessary to Mary, for it was because Martha worked that Mary was able to be praised. See how we can judge others and ourselves um, sin, make that sin of judging others. So we can clearly see here the, the danger of false humility, but how can we avoid falling into this and instead pursue the true humility which Christ shows us? Instead of focusing on how holy we think we are or should be, Perhaps we could focus on the one we know truly is holy. The reading here shows us that all we do for Jesus never is simply our work. It is only us doing what we've told. The reason Jesus had authority and power was because he was only doing what his father told him and showed him that he should do. As he says in John 5, verse 19, the son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the father doing it. For whatever the father does, the son also does. This is our example of real humility. We are slaves to Christ. We are only doing what he tells us and shows us we should do. Another antidote to false humility 
is what Paul calls being a fool for Christ and not taking oneself too seriously. Now, I'm not recommending that everyone should be brainless, but as Christians, we can recognize the foolishness and absurdity of the gospel and ourselves as followers of Jesus in the eyes of the world. And what better a way to take yourself lightly and to appear foolish in the eyes of the world than by being a Christian, someone who believes that Jesus rose bodily from the dead and is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. If you started going around every day declaring Jesus Christ rose from the dead, you soon will know what being foolish feels like. But this foolishness, this very foolishness, is our way to real humility. As Paul describes the, the apostles who follow Christ, he describes them as opposed to the people of the world. The people of the world are wise, they are strong, they are held in honor. But the apostles, we are fools for the sake of Christ. We are weak. We are in disrepute. We have become like the rubbish of the world, the dregs of all things, all society, to this very day. That's from 1 Corinthians 4, 10 to 17. I think you can only say that if you don't take yourself too seriously. G.K. Chesterton is quoted for saying, angels can fly because they take themselves so lightly. Finally, there is another way to true humility, which is through knowing the abundance of God's grace and the abundance of his forgiveness. We can treat ourselves as imperfect people because we know we are sinners, but we can be content knowing God's forgiveness and grace over our lives. Earlier in today's passage, we are encouraged to forgive. If the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times and say, I repent, you must forgive. Maybe, for example, someone's bought seven different bags from the seven different shops. How annoying to have someone do the same mistake every, to do seven times in, in a day, in a single day. But we, if we are encouraged to forgive someone seven times a day, how much more does God forgive us every day if we turn to him again? How much more graceful is he than us? Sometimes when we find ourselves open to the abundance of God's grace, his forgiveness, and his mighty power, we can feel sort of small. But it's a good feeling of smallness. That God is so large and great and awesome that we can only be overwhelmed by his greatness and his power. And in this place, we can find we are no longer concerned with ourselves we only want to know Christ in those moments. We only want to know God. False humility, these attempts to show off one's good traits, often comes out of a sort of self-loathing, of not being wholly comfortable with oneself that I think all of us experience from time to time. But the solution to this uncomfortability is not by boosting one's own self-importance, but through repentance and seeking 
God's forgiveness and seeking our transformation in him. Not saying, look what I have done, but saying, look what Christ has done. So, just to summarize, how can we avoid false humility and turn to true humility as exemplified by Christ? First, acknowledge that we are sinners, remembering the abundance of forgiveness we have received in Jesus Christ. Second, know we are slaves to Christ. All we are doing is following what he commands of us. We don't do anything in our own strength. And third, don't take yourself too seriously. Be fools for Christ, not complacent, but not self-absorbed and easily offended. Jesus says, blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. I think we only can do this if we don't take ourselves too seriously. So, we're going to respond by looking at when we can fall into false humility, boosting our own self-importance, or even judging others. And instead, recognize that true humility is found in being a follower of Christ. And Danny's going to lead us in that.